Hello, and welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael. Today, I'm going to teach you the only thing that pleases God. Did you know there's only one thing that the Bible says actually pleases God? And it says it's impossible to please Him without this one thing. If you want to live a life that's pleasing to God, then you must know what I'm going to teach you during this live stream. And I want to make sure that you stick all the way to the end so you don't miss it. This will be crucial to success in your walk with the Lord. As you're jumping on with me, go ahead and type in the chat where you're watching from. I know we've got people that watch in a bunch of different states, a bunch of different countries. And while you're doing that, I'm going to share this. Also, go ahead, give this a thumbs up. If you're watching on Facebook, share it. On your timeline, if you're watching on YouTube, share it with a friend. I'm getting ready to share it right now. Amsterdam, Florida, Texas, New York, Malaysia, Bellingham, Tampa. Awesome. I love it. You guys are great. Go ahead and share this. And once you've shared it with at least one person or you've shared it on your timeline, go ahead and type in the chat, I shared. And I'd like to see you guys share it. I'll give you some shout outs for sharing it. Orange County, California. God bless you in Orange County. God bless you in Poland. God bless you in Louisiana. God bless you in Los Angeles. Love it. This live stream is going to bless you big time. When I got a hold of this revelation, hey, thank you in Jefferson City, Missouri. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Alois. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Brother John. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. Thank you, Lala Rose. Thank you for sharing. It means a lot. I appreciate it. Of course, thank you, Tanya, for sharing. You guys are awesome. When I got a hold of this revelation, it changed my life. Because what I'm going to teach you today eliminates your ability to be a victim. I want you to type in the chat with me this morning. Type, I refuse to be a victim. When you live a life that's pleasing to God, it eliminates victimhood. It eliminates a victim mentality. It eliminates de defeat in your life. It eliminates your ability to go backwards. I remember until I got saved full of the Holy Ghost and I caught this revelation, it would feel like in my life I would take two steps forward and one step back. If you've ever been there, just put a waving hand emoji in the comments. Have you ever felt like in your life that you would take two or three big steps forward and you say, man, I feel like it's my season to come out. I feel like this is the time. This is where everything changes. And then all of a sudden you'd have a setback. All of a sudden something would come in, a financial trouble, a financial struggle, a relationship, something, family drama. It would feel like you'd take two or three steps forward and all of a sudden you're just getting hit back. And you would sit there and wonder like, what is going on? And the first, the natural instinct because of the, the lies of the devil is to look at God and say, God, what, what's, what's happening here? A person that doesn't have this revelation, what will happen is they'll actually be deceived. And the devil will pick on you and make you think that it's God. Think about every atheist you've ever spoken to in your life. 
What's the number one debate that you have with atheists? Well, if there's a good God who loves everybody, why are people being raped? Why are people being molested? Why are people being murdered? Why are people being kidnapped? Why are people starving and poor all over the world? If God was real, he would come and take care of all of that. We'd live in some type of utopia. But they don't understand that God gave authority to men in the earth, which man gave over to the devil. When God made Adam... He gave mankind authority and dominion. It says he gave the keys of dominion to Adam over all the birds of the air, over all the fish of the sea, over all the land. Man had dominion on the earth. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Somebody type this in the chat. The earth belongs to man. But if you don't walk in the authority that's been given to you in Christ, if you don't walk in the authority of the believer, you will never take dominion. Or you'll feel like you're taking dominion in life and then whack! One wave crashes against your house. One wind blows into your life and it feels like you take two steps back. And all of a sudden, next thing, you're never able to get ahead in life. You must know your authority that's been given to you by Christ to walk in the dominion that God intends for you to walk in. Go to Luke chapter 10 with me in your Bible. Luke chapter 10. Verse 18. These are the words of Jesus. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. He's talking about unclean spirits. And over all the power of the enemy. How much authority has the Lord given you power over? Or how much of the power of the enemy has the Lord given you authority over? He said all, not some, not most. You never have to wake up and question if you're more powerful than the devil. You are. It says, when Jesus raised, up, raised us up together with him and seated us in heavenly places, he sat us far above. Someone type in the chat, I'm seated far above. You're not seated a little bit above. It's not you here and the devil's here. It says you're seated far above. Every principality, every power, every might, Every dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. It says in Romans 5 verse 17 that through the free gift of righteousness given to us by Jesus Christ, we rule and reign in life through Christ as kings. Does a king ever have to look at a servant or a peasant and say, we're on the same level? No. The devil is under your feet. All the plans of the devil are under your feet. Every situation in life is under your feet. Every circumstance that you're currently facing is under your feet. Someone type in the chat, it's under my feet. So you have to know the next verse. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. Nothing 
shall hurt you. What's the difference between authority and power? Power is delegated authority. Authority is supreme power. So for example, a police officer who is given authority to go and direct traffic. He stands in the middle of the road and he doesn't go and physically hold back the vehicles. He doesn't have enough strength. He doesn't have enough power to do that. But he's got something greater than power. He has the authority to stand in the street and simply put a hand up. And hundreds of cars will stop by him putting a hand up. And he has the authority to wave. And hundreds of cars will go in whatever direction he points and leads and guides. Because he has authority. That's what you've been given in the spirit realm. You don't have to white knuckle grip it and oh rabba shake it rabba fire fire. You don't have to you don't have to pull the <laughs> the crazy charismaniac way of dealing with spiritual warfare. I like how my friend evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth says it. He says, when things are going crazy in your life, God doesn't have anything to do with it. And the devil is too small to blame. Type that in the chat. The devil is too small to blame. Remember, the Bible says, be aware. Don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. He said, be aware that your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. He is like a roaring lion. And then it says something very important right after. Seeking who he may devour. Seeking who he may devour. The devil can only devour parts of your life that are not surrendered to God. The devil is looking constantly for someone that he may devour. That's why it says in James 4 verse 7 and 8, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It doesn't say you have to arm wrestle the devil. It doesn't say you have to put a bandana on your head and pull out a samurai sword and fight the devil. It doesn't say that you have to stretch and get warmed up because you're going to be punching the devil all day. No. It says you submit yourself to God and resist the devil. Resist the devil. This is how I want you to think of it. When you submit yourself to God, the devil is like a little child like this. You ever seen in those movies where there's always that child... Where you got the big guy and he puts his hand on his head and he's like, and he just doesn't hit anything. <clears throat> That's how the devil is. He's too small to blame. Blame yourself for issues in your life way before you blame the devil. Because the devil has no place in your life if you don't give it to him. That's right, Brother Brett. Brett Simmons said in the chat, he's a child. He is. He's a child. He's been defeated. For 2,000 years, he's been defeated. So Jesus said, Behold, today I give you all authority over all the power of the devil. Now go with me to Hebrews 11, and I want to show you the only thing that pleases God. When you know how to please God, you'll have a great time as a Christian. 
Think about your, your natural father. If you have a relationship with your natural father. Think about any time that you've made him smile. You know, my, my pastor, he's soon to be my father-in-law. And to get him to like laugh at one of your jokes, it's, it's a, you got to be good. You have to like time it perfectly. Not too many times, but I've made it like a goal in my life. Where I try to get him to laugh at my jokes. Like if I, if I can get him to laugh, then it makes me happy. Because it pleases him. Like I can tell when I know things that please him, it actually, like I strive to do those things. I'm like, all right, this is going to make my pastor laugh. This is going to make my pastor have a good time. This is going to refresh him. I'm going to do this thing. And then every once in a while, I'll get him. And he'll, and he'll laugh. And it's, but he doesn't, he's not like one of those people that'll just give you a courtesy laugh. Because it's too obvious. <laughs> he, like if you get him to laugh, he laughs. And it's like a, it's a belly laugh. And it's one of the best feelings. It's the same way with God. Psalm chapter 2 says, he who sits in the heavens, he laughs. Get God to laugh. Get God to smile upon you. Because it says, he who sits in the heavens laughs and he puts the plans of the enemy into derision. Did you know any time you please God and you make him laugh and you make his face smile upon you? The devil is put into derision. So I'm going to teach you how to please the Lord today. It says here, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. The only way to please God is by faith. Faith in his word. Faith in his name. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the Holy Ghost. Faith in the person of Jesus. Faith in the word of God. Faith in the blood of Jesus. Faith pleases God. Someone type this in the chat. Faith pleases God. Faith makes God laugh. Faith makes God smile. Faith makes God pass over a million people to get to you. Wow. You ever had that person in your life? Maybe it's multiple people in your life. Where, like, you love, I mean, every person is like this. You love, like, a group of people. There's many people that you love. But we all have that one or two or three good friends that you're like, I, I just prefer them. Like, if you were stuck in a room with one or two people, there's a couple of people you would be in that room with. And there's a couple of people you would not be caught dead in that room with. That's how God is with people that have faith. Like you can love a group of friends. Let's say you have 10 friends and you love them all equally. You'd get them gifts. You bless them. You go out to lunch with them. You, you go to church together. You have like, you love all these friends. But we all have two or three friends that were like, if I had to pick out of all of you, these are the friends I would pick to be stuck in a room with. That's how God is with faith. God loves his children. 
as a good father does, God loves everybody unconditionally. Every one of his kids unconditionally. But God does prefer. Now, he's no respecter of persons, but he does prefer someone who operates in faith. I told you yesterday, the person that God cannot do without. And it says in 2 Corinthians 9, in the Amplified Version, God cannot do without. And he will never abandon a joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in their giving. Well, a joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in their giving is someone that gives by faith. Anytime you operate in faith, you make big moves. And God is attracted to it. God is attracted to your faith. Now remember, I want to tell you, it's people are, there's a difference between being in the faith and operating by faith. There's a difference between calling yourself a Christian, going to church, and living a life of faith. They are vastly different. Faith is a substance, and it's the substance of things hoped for. It calls those things which are not as though they are. Faith walks by spiritual law rather than natural law. God is attracted to a person. He's pleased with a person that lives by faith. What has God told you to do that seems too big to do on your own? What move has God told you to make that seems too big to make on your own? What gift, what offering, what seed has God called you to sow that seems too big to do on your own? What, where has God tried to stretch you in your faith? That you haven't, because God cannot bless you past the last point of obedience. Wow. The last place you obeyed God is the last place you received a blessing from God. Because his blessings are attached to your obedience. The Bible says, if you will listen and diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, then all of these promises shall be yours in Deuteronomy 28. When was the last time God told you to do something and you didn't make a move? He hasn't changed his mind. He still wants you to make that move. Operate by faith. Don't look at your natural senses, your natural circumstance, your natural situation. Operate by faith. Someone once said, God loves a person who steps out over the aching void with nothing under their feet but the word of God. God loves when you take steps of faith. God loves when it looks like there's nothing underneath your feet and you, you're walking on the word. My pastor calls it a water walker. Three different types of Christians. When Jesus was teaching on the beach, it says crowds gathered around him. And he got onto Simon Peter's boat and they pushed off. And they were eating fish sandwiches on the beach. And the disciples were in the boat. But then there came a time where Jesus got out of the boat and walked on the water. Peter was the only one that got out of the boat and walked on the water with Jesus. So there's three kinds of people you can be. You can be a typical Christian who sits on the seashore and eats your fish sandwich. Or you can be someone that gets in the boat 
and goes along for the ride. But eventually there's going to come a time where you're going to have to get out of the boat. There's going to come a time where you're going to have to get out the nest. There's going to come a time where you're going to have to take responsibility for how your life is going. There's going to come a time where you have to fix your eyes on Jesus, on the word of God that became flesh. And you're going to have to get out of the boat and walk on the water. And it's going to require faith. This is the power of God's word. I think it's in Matthew chapter 14. When Jesus is walking on the water. And Peter sees him. And he says, bid me come, Lord. And Jesus said, come. He only said one word. One word out of the mouth of God is enough for you to walk on the waters of life. One prophetic word spoken over your life is all it takes to change your direction. One prophetic word spoken to you is all it takes for you to get off the shore, out of the boat, and to walk on the waters to fulfill everything God's promised you in life. It just takes one word. Some people, you got to get out the boat. Someone type in the chat, I'm getting out the boat. You got to get out the boat. Just takes one word. Walk by faith and not by sight. Choose today to be the day that you get out the boat. Choose today to be the day that you act on that thing that God told you to do. You start that business God told you to start. You start that online ministry. You start, you do the thing, you go to that Bible college. You take your family to that church. You go witness to those people. Be, make today the day that you decide to be a water walker in your life. And to operate by faith and not by natural circumstance or natural sense. And I'm going to read you one more thing and then I'm going to pray for you today. So make sure you stick to the end. If you haven't shared this already, I ask that you would. If you're on Facebook, make sure you share it on your timeline. If you're watching on YouTube, if you could just hit the copy link and share it with a friend. And make sure that you turn on your notifications on your phone and on your YouTube app so you're notified every time I go live Monday through Thursday at 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. You don't want to miss these live streams. I believe they'll bless you. Mark 11. Verse 22. These are the words of Jesus. He told you how to uproot any impossible situation in your life. The Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. There's no impossibilities. It's impossible for things to be impossible in your life. It's impossible. Mark eleven twenty two, And Jesus said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. What that means is you're not responsible for the performing. You're just responsible for having faith, walking by faith, operating by faith, talking faith, living a life of faith. God takes care of the production side. I like how one translation says, 
lay hold to God's faithfulness. Meaning, consider all the times He's brought you out before. Consider all the times He's elevated you before. Consider every time you looked at your bank account, you said, Lord Jesus. And He's always made a way where there seemed to be no way. Lay hold to God's faithfulness. If He's done it before, He'll do it again. So it says, have faith in God. Verse 23, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be uprooted and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Whoever says to this mountain, God told you how to move mountains in your life. If your faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, it'll never move your mountain. I like how Bishop David Oyadepo says it. He says, if it's too big, if God's promises are too big for your mouth, they're too big for your life. If you can't move your mouth, you'll never move your mountain. It says you must speak to your mountain. Mountain, be uprooted and cast into the sea. And then do not doubt in your heart, but only believe that those things which you say will come to pass. And you will have whatever you say. Someone type in the chat, I have what I say. You don't have what your uncle says. You don't have what your mama says. You don't have what your daddy says. You don't have what your brother says. You don't have what that third grade teacher that called you ugly says. You don't have what other people say. You have what you say. Whosoever shall have whatsoever they say. Remember the woman with an issue of blood. It says she heard the reports of Jesus and she said, I know, she didn't doubt, she knew without a shadow of a doubt. I know that if I but lay hold of his garment, I shall be made whole. And it actually says in the Greek, she said and kept on saying. Get the promises of God in your mouth and say them and keep on saying them. I know the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow. I know God anoints me with fresh oil. My cup overflows. I know the Lord is my shepherd. I do not lack. I know my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I know I'm the head and not the tail. Blessed coming in and blessed going out. I know my enemies might come against me one way, but they scatter seven different ways. I know I'm possessing the land. I know I have an inheritance in Christ. I know I've got a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You have what you say. Get the words of God in your mouth. Reinhard Bonnke, a great evangelist in Africa, led over 80 million people to the Lord. He said his crusades were growing, but they weren't growing enough. He was having like a thousand here, a thousand there at his crusades in Africa. And he said, God, there's millions of people here. How am I going to get them saved at this rate? And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he said, My word in your mouth is just as powerful as my word in my mouth. God's word in your mouth 
is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. When you believe the when you begin to load up your mouth with the word of God and let that thing fly. You'll start uprooting mountains. You'll start tearing down walls. You'll start slaying giants. You'll start doing the impossible by faith. Whatsoever you say. There's an old song that says, Whosoever surely meaneth me. Whosoever. Any white man. Any black man. Any tall man. Any skinny man, any person, whosoever shall say, will have exactly what they say. There's no mountain in your life that can't be uprooted today by faith. In Jesus' name. God is pleased when you operate by faith. One of the greatest ways that you can operate by faith is in your giving. One of the greatest ways you can operate by faith and please God is by your generosity, by sowing sacrificial offerings. In the Old Testament, God's people were required to bring seven bowls to sacrifice at the altar of God. Solomon wanted the blessing of God in his life. He knew he was going to be made king and he said, I don't have the wisdom to lead God's people. I need an encounter with God. And when everybody else brought seven bowls, it says that Solomon brought a thousand bowls. And he sacrificed them to the Lord. And it came up as a sweet aroma to God with his sweet sacrificial offering. God couldn't even wait 24 hours. It said that night God visited Solomon in a dream and he said, ask me for whatever you want and I will give it to you. Did you know you can give an offering that moves the heart of God so much he shows up to you within the next 24 hours and says, name it. How many times have you done that? How many times have you given something to the advancement of God's kingdom that cost you enough to, to provoke God to show up in your life and say, here's a check. God loves sacrifice. And Solomon asked for wisdom. And God said, because you asked for wisdom, I will give you riches. Now imagine that. He was already a king. He was already the richest man in the kingdom. God took him from the richest man in the kingdom to the richest man on the planet. There is always another level with God. Someone type in the chat, there's always another level with God. You haven't reached your peak yet. You haven't reached the heights of where God will take you yet. You haven't seen all that there is to see yet. God has another level for you. And many people, it'll be unlocked in your giving. I've seen that in my own life. So let me pray for you today. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow some seed. I know we have so many generous partners with this ministry. And we're so thankful for each and every single one of you. 
So I want to give you an opportunity to connect yourself to this vision. I have a vision to see this generation lit on fire with God. To be full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. To be a generation that carries the glory of God everywhere that they go. We're currently reaching hundreds of millions of people each and every single month on social media platforms. We also do online and in-person evangelism. We're raising up a thousand online evangelists right now by the grace of God. We also have 2,000 kids in third world nations that we feed each and every single month. And we have about a dozen other ministries that we partner with on a regular basis. If you feel in your spirit right now, now remember the Bible says the blessing remains with the giver. So your offering is between you and God. Just like Solomon's was. But I just want to tell you thank you for every person that connects themselves to this ministry financially. You're helping us to make a difference and lead this generation in the things of God. So we're very, very thankful for you. We're very thankful for your generosity. And I encourage you, ask the Lord what He would have you give today. I believe God's going to send at least 100 people to this ministry this year to sow $1,000 or more. We've currently sowed $50,000 into our church that's building a new building right now. So I'm believing that that's going to reap a major harvest. My confession has been I sow four-figure offerings and I sow five-figure offerings. Therefore, I receive four-figure offerings and five-figure offerings. I remember the first time I gave $10,000 to our church. It, it took me to a different level. And a few days later, God gave me a business idea. Brought in $100,000 in about 80 days. After giving that $10,000 to the work of the Lord. So if you love revival and you're looking for increase in your life, I want to encourage you today to sow a seed. The different ways that you can give are on your screen. Cash app is dollar sign revival way. PayPal is at revival way. Check my hair here. My hair's been being crazy. You can also give through Venmo at Revival Way and PayPal at Revival Way as well. You can also give on our website, RevivalWay.com. There's a link in the chat for you right now. And you can give through Super Chat on YouTube. So I want to give you an opportunity to give today. And we're very thankful for each and every single one of you that give. I'm going to pray over all your seed. And believe God for you to go to the next level. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Wherever you're giving today, you can just hold your device in your hand. And I'm going to pray over you and your giving. No worries, Griffin. It was a good one, though. I'd encourage you to, to go uh, re-listen to it. I think you'll enjoy it. I remember there was a woman that was believing for a promotion at her job. She sent $1,000 into the ministry. And she said, Taylor, will you believe with me and, and pray in agreement that I get a promotion at work? I said, Absolutely. 
And so she gave $1,000 and I prayed with her. Three days later, her boss promoted her, gave her a $10,000 raise. And they said, we're going to give you a raise every single year that you work here. That one seed brought current breakthrough and perpetual breakthrough for the rest of her life. Absolutely amazing. All things are possible. Only believe. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you right now for every person giving under the sound of my voice. Would you increase them, multiply them, bless them. Angels, ministering spirits, go cause the word to work and cause every harvest to come now. And Satan, take your hands off of every harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Brother John, I don't know if you're still doing the Airbnb stuff, but I feel to tell you and prophesy, increase is on the way. Increase is on the way. I see business partners joining you. I see financial increase coming your way, Brother John. In your faithfulness with sowing, I commission angels to bless your business, John. In Jesus' name, Multi rapid multiplication, rapid multiplication, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I love you all. I bless you. I'm heading out of town for the week, uh, going to some business meetings, actually, and uh, be excited. Do we have our Canada graphic or just the Jonathan one? Neither. No, that's okay. We'll get it next week. I'm going to be in Canada in uh, three weeks. And I want to make sure that you join us for those meetings. There'll be two meetings a day. We're going to have revival meetings in Canada. They're going to be off the hook. Don't miss those meetings. It'll be May 27th through the 31st. Four days, two meetings a day, Sunday through Wednesday. They're going to be awesome. So make sure to join us for those meetings. And I will see you next week on Monday. If you feel led to go into the ministry, go ahead and watch this. I believe you'll be blessed. Bye-bye. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first in incoming class, and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year. We're going to train them up in what they need to know in the Bible, what they need to know legally, what they need to know in the realm of economics to make impact in the ministry. If that's you, the information is on the screen right now. I'd like to hear from you. Don't put it off. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I'm waiting for your call.